Welcome to Preparing for Robots with your host, Dave Gerber. The future of technology and your place in the workplace are addressed here every week. Now, your host, Dave Gerber. Welcome, fellow humans. I'm Dave Gerber, your host of Preparing for Robots, and I'm so excited to kick off this episode of our international program here on Voice America's business channel. We have a great show lined up today and we have a very interesting guest. If this is your first time listening to the show, let me share some quick information. On Preparing for Robots, we have the opportunity to talk about the impact of all things digital on your personal, professional, business, and leadership future, everyone's future. And we will dive headfirst into this seemingly endless, all-encompassing, unknown digital revolution. I specialize in helping business leaders go after low-hanging fruit solutions to address costly pains associated with all types of organizational and personnel-related conflicts. Want to quantify how costly these conflicts are for your business? Go to conflictcalculator.com and you'll see the cost of human conflict. So I help businesses increase collaboration, save money, and generate revenue by harnessing conflict solutions. From consulting to coaching, training and facilitation, to multi-generational hybrid solutions. I provide business leaders and professionals answers to all types of people-related challenges. As we prepare for robots, humans are going to have to maximize their performance, increase their creative problem-solving skills, their conflict management abilities, and better adapt to the changing business landscape. We're talking about losing 50% of jobs in the next 10 years. What does this mean? My goal with this show is to help bring the discussion to life so that corporate boards and executives, leaders and professionals can better understand what is coming and what to consider. How do we help professionals become the best version of themselves to help our businesses prosper? We have to look at the digital world, simplify the conversation, and all be a part of the discussion. So I'm here to streamline complex digital subjects with the help of content experts. Let's hear what they want us to know in a way we can understand. We often don't pay attention because it becomes super technical and can even make our brain hurt, AI, AR, VR, all of it. And it's all crashing into us at the same time. How do we make sense of it? That's what this program is all about. We can help leaders from all different business industries consider the issues and then facilitate the discussion back within their organization. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. So today we're going to be talking about social media and the impact on politics and what businesses of all sizes can expect with this digital revolution and the impact it has on humans, especially in business. So let's progress light speed and introduce our first guest today. We're talking with Chris Hart. Chris has a lot of varying experiences and expertise. He's a former candidate for United States Congress. He's the current chairman of America Rethink Tank, and he has been an entrepreneur and a small business owner for many years. I'm excited to have him on the program. Welcome to Preparing for Robots, Chris. How are you today, sir? Wonderful, Mr. Gerber and Dave. I got to say, I really appreciate you having me on. It's just a conversation that has needed to be had for uh, the last decade in a more intense form. Well, you're very welcome. I'm excited to have you here. As you know, we're here to simplify and talk about the impact of the digital revolution on humans. And I definitely have a few questions I wanted to ask you as well that some that came from the audience. So are you ready Absolutely. to jump right into this? Yes, sir. Awesome. So I have to bring it up and talk about it and get your insight before we sort of focus on your business background. Listeners are curious about this question, especially in light of the political climate today. 
As someone who once ran for Congress, what did you see as the impact of social media on politics? Oh, it's astronomical. Uh, it's, it's more important. My run for Congress went on for about 14 months. Uh, and so we did have uh, a heavy operation in social media, and it was more impactful than the TV interviews, uh, the uh, newspaper articles that I had. Uh, there was so much on, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and it was incredible how the conversation went that way, Dave. And I'll say it in two different quick ways. Uh, one was very positive uh, because you could basically have more outreach at a smaller cost to more individuals that potentially were your targeted uh, voters or donors. Um, and, and so that really helped us out uh, because I, I was not a well-funded candidate. I didn't go in with a million dollars. But then there was one that was uh, the malicious intent. And I'll tell you, I'm still involved in groups on Facebook uh, or Twitter that, uh, you know, they, they, you know, have those group conversations and it could just be harsh and vicious. And a lot of it was just either negative or just inappropriate and correct. Uh, and it really brought vitriol into the conversation. Now, you know, I, I think, you know, less than ideas, it was more a text. And I well, got I that. I think it's interesting because, you know, in many ways with the political climate, we hear blame it on the Russians. You know, the Russians did it. Uh, the Russians were responsible for this. But what you're talking about is has nothing to do with that. This has to do with just people of all kinds using the social media platform to impact politics, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely, Dave. I mean, the bottom line is uh, most of the people responding were people that knew me were in the area or, uh, you know, I, I had friends who were very supportive and some, a lot of gave money, um, a lot gave support uh, or ideas. But then you had people that would put out articles that were, uh, and I don't like to use the word fake news, but were, were not, you know, correct or really verified. Um, and so, you know, you, when you put yourself out there as a candidate for U.S. Congress, I don't think Russia uh, necessarily cares about my election. Um, so, that you know, that is the talk of the, the na- national part, but you know, on, on the local level, and Congress is not necessarily local; it is federal. But still, uh, it was just you know, there's attacks, they, and they they attacked you know my family. Uh, I have an older brother, whatever you know, they they attacked different things that um, was just absolutely unnecessary. And for somebody like me, uh, I try to be a good person. Uh, you know, I ran a homeless uh, uh, charity for years. Uh, round two fight, um, and I'm, I'm very involved in my community, uh, it, it's, it's unbelievable how people will just attack you. And it, and it kind of pushes, you know, for years I've, I've been saying that people don't want to get into politics that are great business leaders, uh, that, that are great, you know, leaders in general, um, because of, you know, because of their families or even themselves. And now I think, again, social media is great insofar as somebody who doesn't have as much money can really get a campaign going. Uh, Bernie Sanders proved that to a certain extent. Um, but on the other end, it's horrible because, you know, I've been personal attacks. I, I never got anything threatening, but I've heard that that's out there, and, and that's, it's just ridiculous in that way. And I, and I think so that... It's, it's got a plus and minus. Absolutely. And I think that that's definitely one of the underlying messages of this show is that, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. There are lots of positives and advancements and things that are going to happen for us. And, and really, it's about 
highlighting issues and bringing them forward so that we can talk about them and sort of be transparent about those issues. You know, when we think about, and before I move on to business stuff, I'm still curious, you know, I, I know this isn't your sort of area of expertise, but do you see uh, voting happening like on our cell phones in the future or any other thoughts on how the digital world is going to impact politics? I truly hope not. I mean, we're already talking about how possibly elections were hacked or, um, you know, social media was hacked. Um, you know, it, it concerns me that, you know, you can't, you, 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 when you're a voting good citizen and good, in good standing, and I do think that, you know, former felons that serve their time should be able to vote. So, you know, I am, as you know, I am libertarian conservative, but, uh, you know, I, I, I believe in everybody having the right to vote if you're legal and, and in, in good standing. But I, you know, if you can't take the 20 minutes or even an hour to go and vote, uh, then no, I don't want to see you voting on your phone. That's insane. Hmm. That's, so that's interesting. So it's another example, I guess, in some ways of where convenience might not necessarily be something that's positive. I don't think that. I know. I mean, that is a responsibility. That's one of the highest rights and responsibilities of our citizens. Uh, and we've already talked about hacking. Steve, we're going to talk about voting on your phones. Well, then maybe we should just hand it over to Putin or to, uh, you know, the South Korean president. Or, I'm sorry, North Korean president or whoever. I mean, that's just, I don't see it going in that direction. I hope not. Although, also 15 years ago, I didn't think I would be on a Facebook. <laughs> so, I don't know. Hmm. That's, that's it's really interesting. And any other things that you see or care to share about this sort of social media or the digital revolution on, on politics? Uh, well, I do. I know I follow politics extremely closely, obviously, uh, even uh, after I, I suspended my campaign. Um, I, I think that, that Donald Trump has really uh, changed the national conversation insofar as you know, it used to be presidential statements uh, that were prepared and going out there. And, and obviously Trump has changed a lot of different things. But uh, the whole Twitter situation, um, I think if he got off it, uh, and the pool rates will probably go up. Uh, the economy's looking good. Uh, you know, he's having some good conversations. I don't know about the trade. Let, me, let me actually jump but, in there. Let me, let me interrupt you there for a second, actually, because I think what's important is that when you bring this up, you know, as a non-political show, I think what's interesting to think about is regardless of whether the president is a Democrat, Republican, Independent, the concept I hear you talking about is just changing the communication methodology. You know, uh, you talked earlier about, you know, social media being almost instantaneous. And so what I think I hear you saying is that the, the whole arena has changed for how presidents may or may not choose to communicate in the future with the masses. Is that right? Well, I think it's with everybody, but he, he changed it completely as the most powerful man in the world. Um, the dynamic has totally changed. I mean, now you got a president that will tweet out exactly his thoughts whenever he wants to, and, and to anyone he wants to, completely change the dynamic. And it's another thing that has its positives, has its negatives. I mean, it's great that people can hear directly from their leaders or respond directly to their leaders. On the other side, not so great, and I'm with Melania Trump, uh, 100% on this, uh, the bullying and, and, and how it is, and you know, how it is that, that it affects individuals. You know, I worry... Yeah, my businesses, and I know we'll get in a second. We're on a college campus. Yeah, and what fact, I took Chris, out, we're gonna 
we're going we're gonna to hold off on that. We're going to come up here on a break here for okay. a second. So l- let's but, take But I break. do worry about the bullying and the impact that has on, you know, if I was 12 years old and I saw that from, you know, when, when I was 12 years old, Ronald Reagan said, uh, you know, America is a city on a uh, shining, shining city on a, a hill. Uh, and, and I agreed with that. It was, it was powerful, and I heard amazing things from him. I heard amazing things from JFK. Uh, I wasn't born then, but still, when you've got a president that is tweeting out some things, he is, if I was 12 years old and seeing that, is that who I look up to? That's scary. Well, well let's, let's, let's hold that. Let's pause on that thought there, and, and we'll come back to it. I want to take a break to hear, from, uh, to hear some important messages from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to dive deeper into this topic of politics. We're going to also move to business. We're going to look at more issues around employment and what business leaders and professionals need to consider. I'm your host, Dave Gerber, and you're listening to Preparing for Robots on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Learn more about Dave's keynote speaking and podcasts, Preparing for Robots, The Conflict Healer, and Pre-Marriage Questions. Check any of your normal podcast sites, his LinkedIn page, and his websites, DaveGerber.com, DaveGerber.info, and PreparingForRobots.com. It's time to take charge of your own career path, but how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Synergy Development and Training helps leaders maximize human performance with standardized conflict management and professional development solutions in order to increase retention, save money, and generate revenue. Go to SynergyDT.com and use the conflict calculator to learn about your organization's human conflict costs and find out what our training programs can help you do about it. That's SynergyDT.com to learn more. Or email Dave Gerber questions and thoughts to questions at SynergyDT.com. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. Find out what's happening on The Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Preparing for Robots with Dave Gerber. If you have a question or comment about the show, Dave welcomes your comments by email to questions at SynergyDT.com. Now, back to this week's show. Well, 
Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm your host, Dave Gerber, and you are listening to Preparing for Robots on the Voice America Business Channel. We are here with our international audience and my very knowledgeable guest, Chris Hart. And we're going to sort of pick off where we were before the break. We had just talked about politics. You can tell that uh, Chris is extremely passionate about these subjects, uh, which I love. And so I kind of want to tap into that uh, as we transition. So people have heard me for many reasons, talk about why I think people should care about these issues as we move into the digital revolution. And I sort of, I rarely say the word should. It usually causes conflict. But Chris, what makes you so passionate about wanting to talk about this with people? I mean, the, the obvious impact you know, that I saw through my business career and then my uh, political career, uh, which is not over, that it has on everybody, whether they realize it or not. It's huge. And, and talk a little bit more about that, because I think that sometimes it gets lost in the abyss. It gets really big and it makes it so people want to sort of disconnect. But, well, for instance, like and this show is dedicated to business leaders and professionals. So why do business leaders and, and professionals want to be paying attention to this? Well, there's so many different reasons, but uh, uh, obviously the impact it can have on their businesses and their business reputation. Like even talk about Yelp, which is one of the older, uh, but still a social media thing. Uh, you want to get a bunch of bad reviews, uh, they can put them up there. I had to fight so many when I owned my spa and tanning salon and grocery store um, that were just not true, or people that wanted, or other business owners that wanted to go against me. Um, but then when you're talking about voters, uh, there's so many people that don't understand they're being manipulated or uh, you know not not uh, getting correct news or hearing just what it is that that social media forum thinks they want to know. Um, but then also uh, with business owners or politicians, uh, the impact it's having, or, or even parents and family, the impact it's having on our, our uh, children and youth. You know, they, they are absolutely consumed by video games and by checking their social media and by checking you know, their phones. That having a conversation, and this does translate into politics and business, that you know, for a 12-year-old that is just addicted to their iPhone they had since they were seven, uh, literally, you know, I'm not trying to say doomsday, but literally, you know, they're, they're growing up without the social skills that we understood. You went onto the recess yard or when you sat down for lunch, you had a conversation um, or dinner uh, around the family table. So it's, it's, it's impacting us on every single different level and even every single different age because if you're older and you don't understand it, and say you work in my grocery store, uh, you literally, or if you're running for office, it, literally I've seen individuals that work for me, and I had hundreds, uh, that, you know, they did not have the skills to go for, to a different job, but there were kiosks and uh, other technology and things taking over their jobs, uh, and that's something I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, I mean, and maybe that's a really good segue. I know that one of the issues that I have paid attention to, like many, is this concept of self-checkout lines. You know, CVS started doing it, grocery stores started doing it, uh, almost preparing us for checking out our own own stuff, which some people like. And, you know, if you're waiting for somebody to figure out whether they have a Gala Apple or a Fuji Apple, you know, sometimes that that self-checkout process is, is painful. Uh, so we seem to be moving towards uh, this, particularly in the checkout 
business. And, and I know one of the things you did was work with groceries. And when we see in the news and we see Amazon, you know, getting involved with Whole Foods and getting involved with uh, using their technology for checking people out with their groceries, that's got to impact the small business owner, the small grocery owner. And I was hoping that you could maybe talk about that. Well, I think that's what made me most passionate because I was a business owner before I was a candidate for Congress. And uh, so the business side is the one I actually know more about because I was a business owner for about 12 years. Um, I did own a small grocery store. And, you know, when I go to Giant now or if I go to CVS, yeah, there's eight kiosks that I walk up to. I scan. There's one employee that makes sure that you're, you know, scanning or whatever. Uh, Normally not very attentive and not very involved. Uh, there's no customer service interaction, which, again, goes back to the lack of people interaction. Um, so on a social uh, scale, I get frustrated by it. But on a business owner scale, uh, my business was Foggy Bottom Grocery. It was 1,836 square feet. Uh, there was no way I had the money to put in kiosks, whereas the CVS right on the other side of me and the Whole Foods, two, uh, about, about four blocks from me, uh, put in all these kiosks. So... Good for them, uh, you know, they're going to keep growing, but the bottom line is they don't have to pay sales taxes, or I'm sorry, uh, employee taxes, uh, they don't have to pay Social Security and Medicare, they don't have to pay wages, they just have to pay maintenance for the machine. So the bottom line is small businesses are going to have a tougher time, they're going to have to increase prices, therefore the bigger businesses can decrease prices, people are going to go to them, because regardless of what they say about supporting small businesses, their pocketbook and their wallet is more important. So if they're going to them, then we're losing business, then we're going to probably go out of business. You're going to lose more small businesses, which means lose more jobs, and they're normally jobs for individuals that don't have the training to go be engineers to fix the kiosks. So you're, you really are looking at a serious, and I told this for years while I was running my small business. Uh, I literally gave it up about a year ago. Um, and you, know, you, know, you have Walmart uh, that is literally doing uh, inventory by uh, a, comp- uh, a robot that goes up and down the aisles. So when they say that uh, that's not going to displace jobs, that's absolute baloney. Uh, obviously, yeah. that is displacing jobs. Yeah, and you can shift I, industries. Like, just for a moment, I can tell you a quick story of what I checked into uh, a hotel in New York City. And when I walked in, I was struck by the fact that when I looked to the left, I saw uh, no humans and I saw five kiosks. And those kiosks were check-ins for you know for you to put your credit card in and it would spit your key out and you'd be good to go and what they did was is they actually replaced those individuals with uh bellmen what they refer to as bellmen you know um who usually take your luggage and they obviously gave them more customer service skills and they were able to not only check bags now the interest not only check bags but also check people in if they had problems at the kiosk now here's something else that was interesting i found fascinating and i knew because it was right as I was preparing for this show. And I go into the hotel, left of the kiosk, and to the right, there's a big glass room. And all I see is a giant robot arm. And I look at it, and I'm thinking to myself, what the heck can this be? And I'm waiting, and I'm watching, and nothing's happening. And then at some point, I see Bellman puts some bags, some suitcases uh, of people that are, are, their room isn't ready, puts them in this little shelf, and this robot arm reaches down, grabs the shelf, takes it up like probably 20 feet in the air and inserts it 
you know, into, into the, into the room. And I thought, wow, you know, how many people just in this hotel didn't get jobs or may have lost their jobs. So whether we're talking about, you know, grocery industry or hotel industry uh, or any of these, they're definitely going to be impacted. Driving, driving now, Dave. <laughs> Delivery with the drones. I mean, it's, it's, it's out there all over. And again, I'm not trying to do doomsday, but, you know, we really have to recognize and address, which I love this about your program, we have to recognize and address uh, how it is that we're going to prepare individuals in our society and society as a whole, uh, including young people who don't even have jobs right now, and maybe will be engineers, but maybe won't be able to have a conversation with somebody because they, they, they want to just go and be on their iPhone or on their, uh, you know, their uh, uh, video games. Uh, you know, is, is how do we prepare for that translation and transition? Well, and I think that's interesting. And I know I'm going to end up bringing someone on, you know, definitely from the school systems, you know, on the show. But, you know, Jack Ma, you know, said, if you want your children to be able to compete with robots, you have to change the way you educate them. So in many ways, there, we have, we're going to have an abyss. Um, it's, it's not an abyss in jobs, an abyss in education. And, you know, my daughter's 12 years old. You know, what is going to change between now and the six years, you know, that she finishes up before she graduates high school? Uh, these are huge changes, uh, huge changes with, with driving, like you, you sort of alluded to. Um, and we're going to see, and I'm going to bring somebody on who's, who's been involved with autonomous vehicles. So you're going to see this sort of evolution that's going to happen progressively, and it's going to impact jobs. And that's one of the things that I think is really challenging for many people right now with this subject is that it's all happening at the same time. You know, at the same time that some of these things are happening, we're now 3D printing bones and they're growing organic organs and they're expanding upon life expectancy and they're close to uh, solving, you know, the cancer riddle. So, I mean, yeah, there's good and there's bad stuff here. And I think it's definitely, if business, businesses are going to thrive in the future, they got to pay attention. That we're going to see some industries alone that are going to disappear. Uh, what else is on your mind here? Uh, okay, I, I appreciate that. I, I, so I actually do have something I want to say real quick. Um, I know you were a professor teacher. Uh, I was the, uh, full disclosure, Dave once was one of mine, and uh, so I learned a lot from him. But uh, the bottom line is on education. You're looking at, uh, I went to George Washington University, as you know. I had a great education, got to serve as student body president, uh, got really involved in Washington, D.C., um, second vice chairman of the College of Open National Committee. So anyway, I made a lot of connections. I worked in the Senate and the, and the Congress. Um, point I'm making is uh, my education at GW, while it was great uh, insofar as uh, the, the classrooms, I learned more and made more connections that I can call right now, whether it's senators, ambassadors, university presidents, <clears throat> uh, you know, CEOs, Fred Smith, his son went there, um, his CEO FedEx. Um, but anyway, uh, but then learned so much going around Washington, D.C. and the museums, it's just in the restaurants, in the Congress. Uh, so I learned so much. Now we have this online education thing. When I hear a young person tell me, I'm going to go to online education. It makes me a little bit nervous because where's the interaction? And okay, I get online education, and I guess a little bit cheaper. And I, I've never done it, so I can't, you know, you know, knock it down. But 
what I can say to you from my experience being a student at George Washington University 15 years ago is, you know, it, that my experiences outside of a classroom and in an environment outside of my home and not in front of my computer, but, you know, in, 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 uh, and the people I met was, was I, absolutely 100% more beneficial to me and my professional life and my life growing up and moving forward uh, than in, when I was sitting in the classroom taking notes uh, from professors. I can't imagine taking notes in front of your computer is going to be as beneficial of an educational experience than if you go to a university or a college or, you know, wherever, or even a trade school, obviously. Oh, and I think that, that the trade school comment, I think, you know, we're going to end up seeing a lot more digital trade schools that are going to happen in the future because we're going to, there's going to be specific skill sets that people are going to need. You know, these, these issues Agreed. are these, these issues are really important uh, for people to be considering because, you know, whether it's their job, right, if they're middle-aged, it's their job, or it's their young, uh, newly, uh, new employee child who's now maybe 22, 23, or maybe they're 18, they didn't go to college. But now what about the people that are 2 and 3 and 5 and 12 years old? And so that's going to change. And what I think we're going to need to see is, in many ways, we're going to need to see business step up and actually start telling educational system what skills they need to have. You know, the other side of this education piece is that with augmented reality and virtual reality and large group digital chats, in many ways, as somebody who has taken long distance learning, it's, it's pretty amazing to be able to connect with people around the world. So I think like one of the things we, we've both mentioned and you mentioned earlier is that there's both good and there's bad to this whole side of, of this digital world. And the right. reality is, is coming, right? So I'm going to give you like a minute here to tell me what's on your mind. Well, I, I agree. It is good and bad, but I think, you know, uh, doing a study abroad is probably better than getting on a chat with somebody, um, you know, building a relationship, understanding their culture. Um, so, wow, I It's true. Digital, However, Chris, some people can't afford to travel, so they might decide that they have digital and augmented and ways to supplement, you know, the... the so, and, and I'm an educator, so I'm definitely not... Uh, I definitely see the rise of... Uh, digital education and, and mobile education is having a lot of drawback. I, w I would definitely agree with you on that. I think that it does provide some opportunities that maybe some people couldn't, couldn't afford before that will give them some positive experiences. So, yeah, I think hey, that, uh, you know, go with between political business, young people and education, the, the four main things we covered. Um, it, it, the, the bottom line is it's good and it's bad. It's how do we utilize it? How do we make it make sure that it's, you know, regulated to the extent that it's not having a harmful impact? And uh, how do we go from here, which is what I think exactly the show is about, um, which I think is phenomenal because uh, there's a lot of questions up in the air that need to be addressed. Yeah, it's funny. I, I'm excited. Go ahead. go ahead. I just want to say I'm excited. I like to end on a good note. Uh, I, I'm excited for the show. I'm excited for the results and the conversations it produces, and I'm excited for how it is that we're going to make it. And we're, we're smart. We're a smart nation. We're smart people. Um, you know, how do we make this uh, as most effective to uh, our society and our individual lives as possible? 
Yeah. And one of the things that I say, you said there's lots of questions. I say, it seems like there are as many questions as there are stars in the sky with respect to this topic. It's really challenging. I think that's why a lot of people, they sort of tune out because it, it feels a little bit too big. And hopefully that's one of the things that we can do on this show is sort of look at these issues and simplify them and allow people to break them down. The other thing that my hope is, is that leaders who are listening and professionals can take some of these discussions back, which can help to create a spark to facilitate the discussion around these topics. And I'm excited when we come back, I'm going to, I'm going to share with you a few more things. I'm going to ask you a few more questions and uh, we're going to get a few more answers that I think people are really going to benefit from. So it's time to take a break to hear the important messages from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to dive deeper into this fascinating topic. We're moving from politics to business. Uh, We're going to put uh, Chris through the lightning round and ask him some fun questions. I'm your host, Dave Gerber, and you're listening to Preparing for Robots on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Learn more about Dave's keynote speaking and podcasts, Preparing for Robots, The Conflict Healer, and Pre-Marriage Questions. Check any of your normal podcast sites, his LinkedIn page, and his websites, DaveGerber.com, DaveGerber.info, and PreparingForRobots.com. It's time to take charge of your own career path, but how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Synergy Development and Training helps leaders maximize human performance with standardized conflict management and professional development solutions in order to increase retention, save money, and generate revenue. Go to SynergyDT.com and use the conflict calculator to learn about your organization's human conflict costs and find out what our training programs can help you do about it. That's SynergyDT.com to learn more. Or email Dave Gerber questions and thoughts to questions at SynergyDT.com. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice of America Business Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Preparing for Robots with Dave Gerber. If you have a question or comment about the show, Dave welcomes your comments by email to questions at synergydt.com. Now, back to this week's show. 
Welcome back. Great to have you with us for more. I'm your host, Dave Gerber, and you're listening to Preparing for Robots on the Voice America Business Channel. We are here with our international audience and my very knowledgeable guest, Chris Hart. And we are going to pick this up where we left off. Uh, Chris, I'm curious, we want to talk about leadership here for a moment. And so I'm curious to get your ideas on what you think leaders need to consider and do now to help get their interests met for future with respect to their employees and their business. It's a tough question, Dave. Are you, I was a small business owner uh, for 12 years. Uh, are you talking about leaders like me that had you know, less than 100 employees at one point? Uh, at one point, I only had five. Or are you talking about leaders like Jack Welch? Well, I mean, talk about it from your experience first, and then we'll, we'll open up the discussion to larger. Well, I think the biggest thing that, you know, I could do when I had my employees, and we had a mix. There were some that were, you know, GW students, so my business was on George Washington's campus, and there were some that were uh, from Southeast, which is one of our tougher parts of the neighborhood. Um, and so I think giving them the help and supporting them and developing their skills uh, you know, paying them as decent a wage as you can. Uh, you know, I don't want to get the wages, but the $15 scares me because, again, and this actually does go to the kiosk. If, you know, they have the kiosk to CVS, they don't have to pay $15 an hour if Bernie Sanders gets his way, um, whereas I would have to pay the $15. That would put me out of business in a minute, literally. So, you know, I think it's paying them as best you can, but, uh, you know, I really think that... Uh, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but I do think that there needs to be some kind of tax uh, on these kiosks uh, from the government because uh, we obviously get taxed uh, for uh, health care and Medicaid and, and Social Security uh, employee taxes, um, which hurts us greatly. So I think for a leader on, on my end, part of the reason I kind of wanted to get out of the business was, you know, it, it just it got more nerve-wracking, but I think getting employee training, uh, obviously pushing them further education, moving them up in management, trying to do that internally. Uh, I try to do that as much as possible. And some of my guys, you know, I still stay in touch with most of them, uh, that literally start off as sandwich shop makers or, or sandwich makers um, or grocery clerks. Uh, I ended up moving to management. They took on more responsibility. And now they're in pretty good jobs at different uh, other businesses. So I think it's building your employee uh, you know, but morale and, and talent. Yeah, I would agree. And, and if we talk about those size organizations or we talk about large organizations, when, we come, when it comes to humans proving their, their value and getting ROI, in many ways, I think we're going to have to look to setting them up with creative problem-solving skills, emotional intelligence, uh, conflict management abilities, which is my sweet spot, uh, one of them. And so, you know, moving people to be more flexible and adaptable to a changing environment, I think, is going to be huge. Wouldn't you agree? I absolutely agree. I had younger individuals, especially uh, from the African-American community, which is mainly uh, Southeast, that were not necessarily GW students. They were awesome employees. Uh, Mo, uh, Tony Hamilton, uh, some great guys that literally, uh, they did not have the confidence when they came in and they were just stocking shelves. We made them managers, key holders, you know, uh, closing and opening shifts, and those guys are doing great now. I mean, you got you got to build somebody up, um, especially individuals that come from, you know, the GW students, 
like, all right, yeah, you're okay. You got to deal with this crap. Uh, but they were good. Well, I mean, I think that's interesting, Chris, because in many ways we're talking about, you know, in many ways, the jobs you're talking about are almost like training, training opportunities for the next job or their future life. So in many ways, if we take away these lower level or more entry level jobs, people aren't learning the other types of skills they need about being on time, you know, respectful uh, discussions, how to, how to dress, how to be professional, you know, a lot of those things, which, which may disappear as far as being uh, on the job, quote unquote, sort of training experiences, professionalism. Absolutely. When Tony first started working for me, nice young man, but, you know, he came with his dress and, and uncut uh, facial hair and uh, his boxers showing out, which annoyed the hell out of him. I'm like, you're making sandwiches for people. But uh, by the time he left, kid was, yeah, he was young. He was only like 27 or 28. Uh, young, nice, great man, uh, good uh, social skills, but uh, and love people. By the time he left, uh, he went and got a job managing a restaurant. I was like, God bless you. It, it almost brought tears to my eyes, Dave. I was like, good for you, Tony. Like, go get him. Well, yeah. No, that's awesome. So let me ask you this. What are some of the things that you see might be positive, some of the positives for businesses with this next digital revolution from your perspective? Well, without a doubt, the, the ability to outreach. Um, and hopefully, you know, in a positive, I mean, again, positive and negative, but to answer your question, positive, um, the outreach, uh, the way to put ads out there uh, to promote an event or uh, to promote uh, a new vehicle, you know, whatever, a new sale, uh, a new business opening. Um, you know, if you get a good social media manager, and I had several, especially when I owned the tanning salon in the spa, uh, some of the girls that worked for me there were phenomenal. And they would reach out, and if we did a sale on a certain day, oh, we would easily, rather than having 100 customers on a Monday, which, you know, is our, one of our slower days, uh, we would get 250. Um, you know, like, it would just blow up. Um, you know, and people would hear about it and want to talk about us. And so the positives are, you know, if you can utilize it correctly um, insofar, and, and same with the political campaign. You know, if I was having an event, uh, when I was running for Congress in Bluebell, which is in my district, uh, you know, we put it on there. And then, you know, I see people showing up that I went to uh, St. Helena's uh, grade school with. Uh, and I was like, I, I didn't even know. But so the connectivity and the ability to communicate without a doubt is, in my mind, the, the most effective thing. Yeah, and, and and like we've talked about the whole show, and like we all know, there's the pluses and the negatives because when we look at the communication outreach of being pinged at uh, two in the morning on a text or getting a late work email, um, never never sort of feeling like we have the ability to escape, that definitely has an impact on people's mental health, um, their stress levels, and you know their their discretionary energy. You know how much effort do they want to put back into the work if they're consistently getting burned out, um, you know, so hopefully we can find a way to find a balance as we go through. And I think that's going to start with communication and, you know, communication around tough issues and the ability to, to have difficult conversations and conflict and still not leave people blamed, shamed and guilted. So they're more effective, you know, doing their job. You know, the reality of it is the robots are coming and the digital world is, is, is coming. We're in it. 
um, and we're going to benefit from it in many ways, and we're going to have to shift. Uh, any other thoughts on, on that? Yeah, real quick, I'd say, you know, when I was, you know, 8, 10, 11, 12 years old, I woke up, made sure I had to get my lunchbox, and walked to school. And, and it was a nice little walk. Uh, I remember it fondly. Uh, now, 35 years old, the day that, uh, and, and so I can't imagine what it is for 8, 10, 11, 12 years old. That's why I bring it up. At 35 years old, when I announced I was running for Congress, which is somewhat, I guess, typical, uh, I woke up to 132 uh, Facebook messages, 96 LinkedIn messages, and about 200 and some emails. I don't even remember what it was. And literally, I woke up and I was like, oh, F, F me, like, darn it. You know, it was like, I, this is going to be my new, you know, like, do I want to do this? Because uh, I am out there, and people know, you know, uh, my my information. But when, the point I'm getting at is, you know, at 35, I was able to handle it without, you know, going and doing o- this opioid crisis thing or whatever. Um, you know, if you're 12, 11, or 11, 12, 13, you're getting bullied by somebody, even after you leave school and you go into your bedroom, which should be your sanctuary, um, the social media and, and just the communications, yeah, it's a little nerve-wracking. If I had a 12-year-old, or, I don't mean to say that because you do, but, you know, if I had a young person, I'd be a little nervous that, yeah, this, there's just, we got to watch how, it, how it's kind of managed. Yeah, and it's really about balance, and it's really about, you know, setting expectations. I think it's oftentimes leadership is very much like parenting, you know, and so it, it allows, so business leaders have to really have this conversation. They have to set the expectations. There has to be a level of accountability and, you know, it has to be shared accountability. And, you know, one of the things that I do is I'll often go into organizations and help them set up conflict charters. You know, what are the rules of how we're going to move through this together you know, what are the rules before we play the game? And I think that now as we move into this technological world, this issue of, te- of technology, devices, texting, uh, this needs to be brought into the fabric of how teams uh, grow. And it, we want to talk about high-performance teams and, and growing high-performance teams. We're going to have to include not only discussions about the conflict side and the technical side, but also the digital side. And how do we make sure, you know, we have those expectations? G- give me your last word on that before I take us to the real, last Okay, so then real, real quick on that one. I mean, we had, I had a manager I hired uh, about eight years in the grocery store named Steve. Uh, who was, I think, 71 years old. He had owned his own company. But anyway, he didn't know much about technology. He tried to ban uh, cell phones uh, and iPads or iPods or whatever from everybody. Um, which first was like, okay, you know, you, you literally have a customer and at the, at the sandwich shop and you have the employee on the other side that is literally texting me, like, okay, hold on a minute. And it's like, no, 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 <laughs> that's your job. You're getting paid for that. Um, and when he tried to ban them, the, the younger people, there was almost all out revolution. Uh, like, like absolutely not. So, you know, it's also the use of technology in the workplace and how do you balance, you know, okay, do you bring in your personal set? The White House is dealing with this right now. Um, with this whole Amorosa thing, um, where do you let people bring their personal cell phones in? Do you let them use them while you're in the workplace? And if you well, don't, I mean, and I even just and I even just saw you know an article on some newspaper headline about should you tape your boss? You know, these are great questions. I want to actually get to the last part of the show okay. before 
know, this has been a great interview and I'm so happy you agreed to come on. Before I let you go, I have to ask you these lightning round questions for some fun. I ask everybody who comes on the show, no pressure. Um, so here we go. So real quickly, one thing you love about technology. Connectivity. One thing you dislike about technology. Uh, misintent. Mal, mal, malicious intent. If you could have a robot do anything for you, what would it be? Uh, fly me around the world. <laughs> All right. And what will humans do in 30 years if jobs have disappeared and shifted? Could give me a heads up on these. Um, uh, we're going to go to cryptocurrency or something. <laughs> ah, this is a this is a really good one. I'll tell you. I think that people are going to spend more time being human, finding ways to self actualize. Um, but real, lastly, real quickly, if people want to learn more about you, Chris, where should they go? AmericaRethink.com. AmericaRethink.com. All right. Any other websites that you uh, that you have? Uh, there's hard for us h a r t f o r u s dot com. That was my congressional one. But uh, America Rethink is my my main project right now, and uh, it's all about having and, and it actually does address technology issues because part of my frustration in the campaign was so many people would say negative things or fight and not talk about issues. America Rethink is all about having civil discourse in a, in a uh, nonpartisan platform uh, where we can really have conversations about solutions and about helping out our neighbors, families, and friends. Uh, so America Rethink is, is my passion now. And I really built that off of the campaign and seeing how much there disunity and frustration there was between people. So I'm very passionate about America Rethink. That's great. And, you know, I often say with this subject and others, you know, truth is like poetry. You know, I took this quote from somewhere. Truth is like poetry, and most people don't like poetry. And so the reality of it is we need to have truth. We need to have transparency around these issues. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you uh, took the time out of your day to come and, and join us. I think that our listeners are going to really benefit from it. Um, so thank you, Chris. Uh, thank you very much, Dave. You're welcome. So that's all of our time. Check this out. You've been listening to Preparing for Robots on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in next week for our show where we might look at AI or autonomous vehicles, HR or tech's influence on healthcare, blockchain simplified, or crypto. You just never know. We will continue to tackle and simplify the digital revolution so we all can have fun, learn, and prepare our personal and business lives with confidence. Wishing every human on the planet a great day and a better one tomorrow. I'm your host, Dave Gerber. I love you, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Preparing for Robots. Join Dave Gerber next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, for another edition on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy the week.